gotta come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Hey, Doc, we better back up. We don't have enough roads to get up to 88. Roads? Well, we're going, we don't need roads. So you're coming through there as a youngster, what, what was it like? So some big characters at the club at that time? Wasn't Huge it? characters, it was a big shock to the system to be honest, because I remember towards the end of the season before I left school, um, I think Trammy played Bolton, um, and it was a stop that I'm getting the, the 100 points, uh, 100 goals, yeah. so that was, the, um, that was the last game of the season, and I was in the couch shed with all my mates from school. I couldn't believe actually two months later I was actually getting changed and then cleaning their boots being out yeah. in front of them and it was like the first couple of weeks is horrendous in terms of pre-season so that was a shock in itself and it was the whole rituals of everything that went on in the background and it was a lot different than what it is now we were given jobs to do yeah. um, was that Les Parry pre-season as well? Les Parry was horrendous <laughs> and it, any ex-player that ever did a Les Parry one I'll tell you it was, it was shocking yeah. but in a, in a way, I was sort of loving it because I, I couldn't believe I was like running next to like Lee Jones, Johnny Morrissey, people like this. I was like, oh my god, this is like yeah. the biggest thing ever for me. And I was like in awe of them. I just could, I couldn't believe I was actually having conversations with some of them and getting battered by some of them. And <laughs> like it was amazing for me. But huge characters everywhere, and they were big players. They had some yeah. big players there. You forget Liam O'Brien was still there. My first seasons played in World Cups and things like that, and it's some huge characters, and it was it was brilliant to be around, to be honest. And then even the year I think you make your most appearances was that when you got sort of Simon Howarth and Ian Hume and definitely. Some of those well, I, I was lucky during my time there, I think, because Aldo was still training. He was manager at the time, but he was still yeah. joining training and finishing. He was just I've never seen anything like it. Put him in front of the goal. The angles he used to create with the ball was unbelievable. Through um, <coughs> me, time, there was Chief was there, Paul Vardal was there, players that have been there and yeah. done it in the top leagues. Stewie Barlow. Stewie Barlow, Simon Alf, as you say. Uh, Mike Mule come in as reserve team manager. And I was uh, being able to work with some of these. Uh, and when Nev went into the <coughs> assistant manager, it was like, for me, it was amazing because yeah. it was just to be around players who have idolised and who played at the top, top level, it just it, it was amazing for me. And how was you with the pressure? Was it you were rolling young and you didn't feel it, or was it so? So my first season, I scored. I think it was forty-five goals for the reserves and youth team. So remember my first B team game, I scored two away at Wigan, um, and I was put into the A team, and it was all different then. Yeah. So the A team then was full of second-year YTs, and then it went up. Um, you had pros coming down. Our mom was playing in the A team. I think my first game was away at the Scan Stanley, and I scored the winner, and then. There was a behind closed door game against a t- a t- an Irish team, Torum, um, and I think I was sub, it was all the reserve team playing, and I come on and scored twice, and Aldridge was there, within 10 minutes I scored <coughs> twice, um, and 
I was talking to the reserves then within three weeks and the reserves were full, Liam O'Brien, uh, yeah. they were all playing, Mobsy was playing, Kenny Irons was playing, I think, and I'd been thrown in and come on a sub away at Port Vale and they had some big big time players and I thought, oh my God, this is like unbelievable. Yeah. And I was training with the first team then every day, I was only a kid. But like you said, I had no fear, I had nothing yeah. about me, so yeah. I was still playing, I was wrestling with Clint all the time, like, and some of the older pros were like laughing because I just wasn't, I wasn't bothered, I wasn't yeah, bothered yeah. about who I was playing against or with. And for that first season, I was just on fire and I think it was because I had no fear. Um, I think I scored away at Bolton at the Reebok in the reserves to win 1-0. And then um, Yaskalan was in goal, I think, and I'd only come on as so. I think all just did a press conference the following day and was like, keep an eye out for Alex A. He's like, yeah. And if he'd have put me in at that point, at the end of that season, I, th- I don't think I'd have looked back to be honest yeah, because yeah. it's the way it should be um, the following year I'd got an injury um, I went over on my ankle and put me back and then things start, started gradually getting in my head a little bit I'd had some fallouts with John Aldridge and uh, some of the staff and just little things but they were weighing down on me a little yeah. bit and um, that was starting how it turned I feel like I start thinking overthinking too much and I think that's when it started people have a lot to say about Aldo both good and bad now I've not got a bad thing to say really. Some of the way he went about things I, I don't necessarily agree with and I yeah. wouldn't have done it. Um, he could be very, it, it's hard to choose the words, demeaning in a way, um, but it was how he dealt with people. So yeah. he wanted to like really annoy them so they'd get on the pitch and he'd do it, whereas yeah. some people I possibly needed on my man's shoulder and it was yeah. just like, that's what I needed, but he wasn't like that. So I remember, I think we, we played Portsmouth away in the youth, Youth Cup, um, and we drew one one. I'd scored the penalty, and we got back at like our four in the morning. Then we were up because we had a reserve game away at Chesterfield that morning, so we were up at like 10 to travel and then play. And he was screaming and dressing me, and then he used like fucking moan about how you feel and things like that. Yeah. And I scored that day as well. And it was just how he went about things, it was just there was a lot of pressure, and it was old school. So, even the dressing room with the, those old school players screaming at you if you made a mistake, things like that. So, it was very him and Sheeds and remember one all the staff away at Wolves and these ears and it always stuck to me head and we'd done finishing that morning I was on fire we were practising they were laying the ball into me I was taking a touch and I, in the game I've come on a sub and Mal, I knew took me first touch and it was too heavy and it's gone straight to the keeper and that was my chance and I come off after the game and someone said what happened and I said oh, I was scoring them all morning and they, yeah. all the staff started laughing at me I was thinking don't need you to laugh at me yeah. like, I'm just saying like, this is what you should have done be critical, but like make it positive rather than such a negative. Yeah. But it was just the way they went about it. And it, I, I saw Aldo probably a year after I broke into, into the first team and he couldn't have been more happy for me and yeah. it was made up and things like that. Yeah. So it was never anything personal. It was just his way of, it was just his way of doing it. And every, every manager's there. And some of the things he used to say to me were spot on, like hugely spot on. Like it yeah. was... You've got to be nasty, you've got to be horrible. If someone smashes you, don't smash them back. But that just wasn't a part of my character. It was like, yeah. I'll get up and get on with it, Sam, but I won't yeah. go and try and get revenge. Whereas he's like, you've got to. And that was just him. That's where he had his edge, and that's what he wanted. But that's when things started sort of developing in my mind a little bit. So I'd always, if I ever dropped back from training with the first team, I'd train with the youth team, I'd be scoring goals like that from centre because it was just like, yeah. I was enjoying it, it was just a game of footy, whatever. As soon as you step up with the first team, you start thinking about everything and you know if you get the ball away. Because those pros were like, old school pros, yeah. you were getting battered by them, keep yeah. the ball. And a lot of it was good because you've got to learn like that, so yeah. it's not all bad. You need to, 
you need something because it teaches you you've got, you've got to be stronger you've got to yeah. be but it isn't just like that I, I talk about it because I go into schools and do talks sometimes but it was going from school to doing jobs and having responsibilities to do jobs to clean the boots I think I was on Kenny Irons Lee Jones Gary Jones the first three players boots to do they all like them different Jones he wasn't really bothered couldn't have cared less about his boots um, Lee Jones like there's white bits white than white and if you <laughs> throw you them back but it was a great way to do it and it's yeah. just his way of saying we're the pros that's where you've got to when you're, you're there you've got to do it but it was just like if you didn't do the jobs correctly you'd get battered or you'd be made to gun until you were sick or you'd yeah. get the balls blast out you'd have boot polish put all over you so you had to take responsibility and although now people are looking at that thinking oh it's bullying you can't do that in a lot of ways it was good because it did make you yeah. so it was it was hard to deal with in a lot of ways, but I'm not saying it was all bad. Definitely wasn't bad, and I think some of that they should be doing things like that. Yeah, bit, definitely. I felt because he put me in the team, so I, I made my debut at home to Preston. Um, I did well. Should have scored twice. Um, didn't score, but I I got ill after that. I got food poison, so I was in bed for three or four days, um, and I wasn't well. I played the following Saturday against Swindon away. I got ill that fought that Saturday night after the game. Um, and we drew 2-2, Jay scored, Great Mountain scored, and then I got ill, so we were playing on a Tuesday night, and I'd have started again, Dave Watson had told me I was starting, he was going to give me a run of games, but I got ill, I was too ill to be involved, and then that was it then, bang, gone, I think Stewie scored a hat-trick on a, on a Tuesday, so then I vanished off the face Fan of the air, I think, and I never played again that season until probably, I'd say, April time coming to what I played away at Wigan, uh, but I remember <clears throat> we got battered uh, away at Peterborough, and Dave Watson said you're playing on Saturday at Wigan, um, which was great because I've been on loan at Morecambe in the meantime, um, and then I played. We drew. Did we drew? Oh, Stewie come on and scored the winner um, against Wigan away. Was that that game? Won, yeah. yeah, and then we were playing. I think QPR the next game. I wasn't even sub. And I did all right. I've done all right in the game. I've done okay. Uh, I don't think I've done amazing, but I was expecting yeah. to at least be sub. And Nick Emery was like, "What's going on? I can't believe you're not even sub." So did, was like, did you get told why you went in the squad? Well, I went to see him. So this was all like part of growing up. So I went to see um, Dave, and I was like, "What's that? And He was like, "I'm getting pressure from both in terms of the players on high wages need to be playing sort of thing." And I just yeah. thought, "Well." <laughs> what yeah. you meant to do once I've seen the other side things I get the pressure from both now because I've seen football from all different different sides now but at that time I didn't need that I was yeah. like a young kid trying to, to go along the way but it's it's all learning like getting getting used to knocking on managers doors and things like yeah. that it's, mm. it's a scary thing yeah, to right. do <laughs> especially with some of the managers we had like it was very scary um, but that's all part of the process and growing yeah. even that season we talking where you made the most appearances yeah. you know, like so Howarth and Hume and yeah, yeah. Kumas earlier on yeah. and proper like big Sharpie as well Sharpie was there Mickey was there Mickey was captain uh, Shane Nicholson Ryan Taylor Ryan Taylor yeah. was loads was, we had a great squad uh, and the squad knitted together that season when we should have gotten a player so I think we finished on 80 points in yeah. the playoffs we were flat. We were absolutely flying and as a, in terms of team spirit and everything it was amazing we had yeah. a cricket team um, we go and play in cricket in Wales sometimes yeah, on a Sunday yeah. afternoon and we used to go to Birkenhead Park we went and too but we, we used to hide out the nets and we <laughs> cricket like no one could walk and I in the same spirit was amazing like with, with some of the lads that, that season like was, was a brilliant so how season how old were you that season? 
still young. I think about 21. 20, 21, yeah. So it was, I, was, I was still young, but I think it sort of hit a stage where I think the season after that, I think when Bay left, because I played most of my games under Ben, Brian yeah. would come in. Um, I'd started getting to the point where I was like, right, I should be in the first team now, yeah. where I should be. But even then, even I never quite had enough belief in myself. And a manager didn't have enough belief in me to sort of give me a run of games. Mm. Take the pressure off, just say, yeah. there's 10 games you're going to play. probably unfortunate the fact that that was an even when we seem to have someone scoring 20 goals a season. Well, it was, and it wasn't just, I never scored enough goals in the first team, and that was because I was just never confident enough. So I know during my time on a pitch, I've gone on there not wanting to make a mistake. I'm yeah. so scared of making a mistake yeah. that I wouldn't put myself at risk. Yeah. So if I knew someone's going to whip the ball, I'm thinking I should be there. But if I miss that, everyone's going to scream. And this is going uh, on in yeah. the game, and it yeah. shouldn't be like that. I get off a turn, and I should be shooting. If I'm playing naturally, I'm shooting. But I'm yeah. thinking, just keep the ball. Yeah. Like so that. it all. I was a striker that should have been playing on the shoulder. I was all about movements and pace and things like that. But when I got in the face, all the times I had to play, I was never with a target man. Yeah. So it was like my I had to do all the work so I was having to do jobs and I'm not good I was having to hold the ball up and if it wasn't holding it up everyone was screaming at me yeah. the ball was coming straight back yeah. I just wanted to run it behind that's all I wanted yeah, to do yeah. but the situation of everything I was never able to do or I never had enough confidence to just be like I'm not bothered about that yeah. I'm just going to do what I'm naturally good at seems to be the lack of reserve football now is a massive oh, problem it was, well it was, it was a process so yeah. you, you, you're not getting out of the youth team you're going to play reserve team football and for, for me jumping up playing against some of the players I got to play against yeah. You know if you're not like if you're not working hard enough, you're giving balls away. They're gonna tell you. Yeah. And it's a learning thing. I think sometimes it's all too nicey nicey growing into it. Yeah. And um, I think that's that's gonna be an issue in, in years to come. Like I think so, that's why some of them get sent on loan. Although when they sent me on loan to Altrincham, and Mark Ward was manager of Altrincham then, and he was brilliant. He used to go there, scored loads of goals. Kev Ellison was there as well then. Um, scored loads of goals there but in the first game I got chinned I actually got punched by a fella like <laughs> I just remember it because I thought I'd just been chinned on a football pitch what yeah. has happened yeah. what, it, was, it was a way of growing and learning about yeah. like man's football and I think all that process is then important for important moving forward like, so. but sometimes you need that though I think dressing rooms are too quiet now everyone's too nicey nicey to each other you need that you need to have arguments in the dressing room they should be happening the dressing rooms drastically different now from what they were like even even say 10 15 years ago when you were playing I would say so yeah I've been in some of them with some of the clubs I've worked on scouts and seen before the game and it's just like people are scared to say things and mm. sometimes you've got to be bothered sometimes you've got to have players you've got to show responsibility you're better than that what the fuck are you doing do you know what I mean it's generational isn't it it's it, it is generational and it's, I remember there was one there was one reserve match and we were all pissed off to be playing it because we were all in and out of the first team. But there was murder in the dressing room, like murder, there was yeah. like nearly fights going off and all sorts with some like really like experienced players. But everyone wanted to win. Yeah. But it was good because we went out second half and like we won, we all played well. But yeah. it's taking responsibility. So as long as it's not done in the in the, in the wrong way, where it's like someone just like constantly picking on you and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. If I've mucked up, tell me I've mucked up, it's not like I'm not taking it personally and I was never a fan of that because I I overthink situations sometimes. I was all right with that. I don't mind an argument and things yeah. like that. That's all right. But I think nowadays I think there's there's not enough of that, and I think it's changed. Whereas managers don't tend to go off on one at sometimes, and yeah. sometimes it does you good. Like, it does. Do, you, yeah. do you think there's an element of because I think Ryan and I played for a for a football team together for a long time, and and so we had that sort of change of rooms yeah. thing, and we were talking about it the other day actually because. When we first started playing for our team, we were about what 
15, 16, that sort of age. And the lads who were, were uh, the older lads were sort of our age now. Yeah, yeah. So sort of mid to late 20s. Mm-hmm. And we used to have a lot of back and forth with them, you know, we were the young lads in the dressing room, so we'd get loads of stick and all the rest of it. And I remember us both would say, it really kind of got us in the mix and like got us used to, you know, we're going to go out there on a Saturday with fellas and we would just, you know, if we misplace the pass or don't work hard enough, someone will give you grief for it. And then when we got to being the older lads, yeah. the young lads that were coming in were a lot quieter, you wasn't the same. Generation, it's just slowly drifted out, it's drifted out, which times change and I understand all that but it was never never always a bad thing it was always and even now if I play in charity games playing with Kenny Irons and players who've played a lot and, and it's the same we get in a charity game yeah. if I give the ball away the ball can be yeah. Yeah. and it's it, I don't mind that it's, it's yeah. great it's that's the way they approach it yeah. isn't it yeah. and they, they were like it was very good the way they were it's just I think sometimes looked at it as a bad thing do you ever feel like I wish I'd come through now? Maybe I would. Yeah, all the time, definitely. And the times when I started playing my best, there was always an assistant manager or someone in the club who was believing in me. Mm-hmm. When I first, there was some of the senior pros who grab you on the side and was like, "Listen, like I remember Stuart Barlow and they kept me grabbing me and saying, you work too hard, you're working far too hard.'" Yeah. I'm like, "Well, that doesn't make sense." It's like, <laughs> but you're working too hard. You should have. You should. Let them do that. Worry about that. Don't yeah. worry about it. You just concentrate on that. Yeah, and yeah. it's just like being cleverer in what you do. Whereas yeah. I was, I, I was all because I was probably a strongly fan. Got to work as hard as you can. You got to yeah. do this. You got to yeah. do that. But if that's taken away from your actual job, yeah, then fair enough. It's it's something that you've got to look at. And that's all the pros always help. But I remember newly coming as a reserve team manager, and he watched twenty minutes. He pulled me aside and was like, "What are you doing that for?" do this yeah. and it'll change the way you play sort of thing it's a very basic thing like I, I was straight on instead of being sideways on and started doing all get the ball seaside whatever it was yeah. that's my new he's one of Premier League he's yeah. like partner and she, I'm like oh my god he loves me this is amazing and he got me back into the first team he got yeah. me back into the first team I scored four four or five goals when I was on loan at Morecambe in one game and newly met me after the game and he, I was like oh thanks and he was like couldn't have been happier for yeah. me I'm getting you back in you're getting in that first team and he was amazing just because he built me up and then Ned come in under Ray Mathias again Ned was like building me up like yeah. nothing else and it was just it's what I needed like all the time whenever I was going on the sub or anything instead of me worrying he was sending me on saying you're scoring yeah. what's this and you're going to do this you're going to do that yeah. and it didn't half have an impact on me so having that someone put your arm on me sort of just in the club in the staffing situation made a massive difference for me. So when you, obviously your time's up at Tramia, have they offered you a new deal, you've been released, how did that? that um, Brian Little, so when Brian took over, um, I was injured at the time, I had a bit of a nickname then, so I was injured for three or four weeks, and so my nickname was, I don't know what I should say, it was Shagget or whatever. <laughs> um, I think we can guess what <laughs> So everyone used to say it like, all the time and it was just like constant, I think Mickey got in trouble once for shouting at the referee, said and you can't be shouting things because it's like, families and stuff. <laughs> but anyway so I remember coming so the first few weeks Brian, I was injured so you don't have anything to do with the first team then so I've come back into training that day and I was doing a circle and everyone's shagger shagger do this do that and he stops training like wait a minute who's shagger so I'm like it's me and he said that's the best nickname I've ever heard in my life like, that was it then and I had sort of, it was a strange relationship with him because I think he loved me as a person, loved me as a person, 
don't think he necessarily based me too much as a footballer, but as a person, he loved me. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Yeah. Like me enough, I played a few games for him and I was always sort whatever. But and he used to always, if you never put me on the pitch, he'd say, I'm sorry for not putting you on. This uh, is the reason why I've not put you on. Yeah. And it's like, you don't really have to explain that. It's your manager, but he loved me. And I remember the day um, he pulled me in. I knew it was sort of coming, but you're always hanging on to that hope sort yeah. of thing. So I went, he had plays in one by one um, and he got in and Hilly was there. He got me in and he was like, listen, I've had loads of fucking calls about, yeah, you'll get a club, but I can't offer you anything, um, whatever. And I tried, like, I was devastated. He teared up, it was like, it was hard. It was a hard thing to do. And it's not nice for him to have to do, but it is part of it. So I was yeah. gutted and I just left the seat in the ground and I, I got into my car and I was driving on Butter Road and I needed to speak to my mum. And I was crying and a busy knocked on my window. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, fucking hell, this is not the time I meet. And my mum's saying, what's up? I said, there's a busy outside, I'm on my phone. And she was like, oh, but just do something. So ran the window down, it's like, you're on your phone, mate. I'm saying, listen, mate, I'll just be a fucking let go by trying yeah. It's the worst day in my life, just leave me a fucking alone. Yeah. And to be fair to him, he just said, just put your phone away and get off on gone. So I thought, thank God for that. And I went to the Weatherspoons in town and I met up. It was Mickey and Gray Man, and we got absolutely smashed and went to Spoon's Bay, like, because I think they were released at the same time. But it was, yeah, it was hard to think, but you sort of get yourself ready for it. It was yeah. the first time I'd been through it, so at the end of all my other contracts, I'd always got a year extra, so I'd been through the other side, but you get yeah. the extra year. But I'd never thought about leaving straight away, it was not something I'd ever thought yeah. about. I don't know, we might be very with it. But did you score a goal home to Plymouth if I could give an offside? It was never offside. It was never offside. Yeah. With three Could have been offside, yeah. I jumped in the state, I jumped in the stance. After you basically yeah, in the yeah. stands, and I remember thinking at the time, he hasn't had been coming on. He's no, just yeah, yeah. He scored a good goal. And I had it as well. Header, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if the line, I just thought the 3 0 up or something. Yeah, but it couldn't, it couldn't have been offside. Yeah. I remember jumping into the sand, into the fans, and thinking, this could be my celebration, I'm making the most of it. Yeah. Everyone started pushing me, and I was like, what are you doing? Just leave me alone with yeah, you. Yeah. And I walked, and they were at the other end of the pitch, named Scott. <laughs> but these things happen. I was yeah. trying to enjoy my moments, but yeah. Mentioned there about almost second guessing yourself and, and feeling some anxiety and not comfortable yeah. on the pitch and what have you. How did that kind of affect you mentally? Mentally, it's hard because it's. I used to I used to overthink everything. So I've had a bad day in training. I thought that's me. I'm not in the team. So I was never relaxed enough to think I'm in the team or I'm in the squad on a Saturday. Never ever. Yeah. I, I think that has an impact on you because you could never relax. So yeah. even and you should always try and be your best in training and yeah. and all the time. I could never relax because I thought. If I make a mistake here, I'm not going to be in the squad. So I was always thinking the next game ahead. If I have a bad game on Saturday, it could be me out of the squad and things like that. And it, was, it did have an, a mental effect on me. And I don't think you realised it at the time. I think as I've got older, I've sort of realised it. But it did have a, a mental effect on me, definitely. Does that affect you at home as well? Definitely. Because yeah. um, if you're having a bad time, it's your life. It's, yeah. it's everything to do. And people forget that side of it. Um, and it's up and down, it's a roller coaster every single day. So if you have a great day in train, brilliant, marvellous, yeah. everything's on top of the way. But if you have a bad day, that goes into two days, bad days, and it's in your head, you go home, you're in a bad mood. Mm. Um, and I was only young, so it wasn't like I was living, I was still living with my parents and things like that. So it, it but it did have an impact. Like if you if you're not playing well, it has an impact on you. Yeah. You know, you you you've kind of you, you come out of time here, then you got you got picked up by Russians and you're obviously moving away, as you say, you're still quite young at that time. Yeah. 
Are there any kind of support networks within the club, within the game, to, no. to help you with that process? I, I ended up isolating myself quite a lot, and I think that I'd never realised what are the reasons why, but I come across all bubbly and confident, and I'm, I'm totally not. Um, if I'm having a bad time, I won't look at people in the eye, I look away, I can't, I can't deal with it. And social situations are not a great thing for me, and I was having to walk into a new dressing room. Luckily enough, I had Sean Connolly and Graham Allen there as well. Yeah. So we knew two people, but they signed after me. Um, and I remember the club said there's going to be digs here, um, but the digs was packed and there was like about six other players there and I couldn't deal with it. It was just all too, too close. So I ended up paying to stay in a hotel for like two months. Just, just a bit, I, need, I felt like I needed my own space and then I got a flat, um, I bought a flat, but I isolated myself. So I was living in Northampton and there was... I think there was a group of lads living about 20 miles away. There was no one really in the Northampton area. I was on my own. Um, and it was my choice, but I didn't I didn't feel like I could mix well. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't comfortable in me. Um, was there anyone at the club that you spoke to about, about feeling like no, that? No, you couldn't. You could, there was none of that. You couldn't, you couldn't say how you felt on things like that in, in any way, really. Was um, that because wasn't the right environment to be able to do something? Football never was. I remember one time at Tramia, I think I was having a bad time, I was in that reserves, I was like struggling, and Nico, Eric Nixon grabbed me in maybe once, I think he was goalkeeper coach or whatever, then it was like, you see me like, oh, what's up with you? And that's the only time someone's ever, oh, yeah. and it always sticks out like, yeah. Nico's not known for anything like that, he no, probably yeah. doesn't remember it, because it's probably just a throwaway conversation, yeah. but he actually pulled me aside and like you're looking really down your body language yeah, or whatever yeah. I thought you've noticed something about me there so it wasn't a, it, it, that was the only time it, I can remember it happening but I think later on football you can't do that it was like always Russian were trying to be very forward thinking today they had like we were doing yoga and things like that at Russian and all sorts of things which have done it all the time now yeah. but then it was often and they were on the cusp of getting a sports psychologist and I always in the back of my mind thinking I'd love I'd love to speak to one of them because yeah. Yeah. when I'm playing well I'm as good as anyone but when I'm not I'm like yeah. it's because of my mentality it's not good enough but no I never thought I'd speak to anyone about it it was just something that was like it's happening deal with it all yeah. did you enjoy your time there overall? no, no I had a bad time and it was things didn't go well on the pitch for the club itself Um Things never went. I think in my in my debut after about one minute thirty seconds, um, belly whipped the ball in, and I hit it first time. And the keeper's pulled an absolute whirly off, and it was just like it hit him rather than going. And that was a story of it for me. Yeah. Just that that if that had gone in, it's all changed. Yeah, but yeah. it was just a season where I was hitting the bar, I was hitting the post. I hit the, the bar three times in one game, and it was just everything I was doing. It just wasn't working. Mm. It was just. And it, it couldn't have tried any harder, it just wasn't happening. It wasn't just me, it was the club itself who was struggling, but at home I was struggling, I was just wasn't happy. I was missing how my life was back home and things yeah. like that. And it was I just found it very difficult, just moving away and things like that. Was After that season you then you went to it was a banger. Banger, like, yeah. Uh, what was that like dropping away? It was horrible. I turned down um two clubs early on in the window because I when I signed with Rushton, Rushton were the first club that come in for me, you're coming for me and someone else. But Rushton, I went to see the training ground, they looked like they were going to go for a promotion, some of the players yeah. were going to sign. They were very good talking to me, they offered me a really, like, a huge contract, to be honest, to what I was used to at Tramia. So I thought, I can't really turn this down. So I jumped in too quickly, I think. Um, and I wasn't really used to, the agent was useless, didn't have a clue, gave me very little advice. And I'd made a 
probably a poor decision because I'd left a previous agent before that for this agent and he did nothing I got a good deal which was fine but I could have done the negotiating myself yeah. it wasn't wasn't difficult um, and then it, it just didn't happen but I went to I turned two clubs down early doors because I thought I'm going to hang out there'll be things going but as it went on you start panicking and panicking and panicking and then there was nothing there and I could have gone out and tried but I'm thinking trials don't suit my personality yeah. um, I'd be going into a dressing room I don't know anyone if I'm not feeling confident that's, that's sort of it doesn't I've got to feel comfortable somewhere bang I'm coming off me amazing money part time I was like I can't really turn that I'm going to have to do it and then just yeah. see what comes up after it yeah. if I do well there for a few months then I'm fine Shrewsbury come in and this was part of the reason why I sort of I gave up Shrewsbury come in after I'd been there for about five or six months and the first few months I struggled like massively I was embarrassed being on the pitch because I thought what am I doing playing in this yeah. sort of place and yeah. I'm too good and that's it shocks me to say I, I you should never think that now yeah. but at the time I was I thought I was too good for it and things yeah. like that and I didn't play anywhere near I could, the way I could do or it wasn't I wasn't trying but it's just my heart wasn't in it totally yeah. Yeah. Shrewsbury had watched me one game and I think I'd scored twice and I got a phone call saying the manager for Verdi fans me he wants to sign me but I need to play in a reserve game so the chairman can just put his eye over me and then say yeah yeah, yeah one so I thought yes I'm back in I was like so excited man banger and I was like the chairman's actually going to play in a reserve team game and he was like no you're under contract you can't do it insurance purposes and I was like you're going to stop me from like moving yeah. back on and he was like the chairman at Bangor was like you're not doing it it's not happening so it's that, that to me he did that without a spite do you think possibly but I just that to me was like what you meant to do like and I, that was that was the end of it for me I, I, I left Bangor went to Bale I started playing that league and again I was just playing I was playing because I needed to yeah. wage that's yeah. all it was yeah. I started getting jobs uh, normal everyday jobs and it was just like what was going on like, what was that transition like then and it's like yeah. tough because you don't realise what a normal job's like my first job was in a bank call centre I think I was left on the phone for two days and then I was sacked because I was swearing down the phone <laughs> you can't do it and it is laughable now but you, I don't, under, you, you don't yeah. understand how a normal job works yeah. I tried every, every type of job you can think of and it was just nothing fitted, and I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed to be honest with you. Do you think that um, in that that season at Ruston, where you're saying obviously your, your confidence has maybe been knocked and, and you've moved away from home, you've yeah, yeah. feeling comfortable? Do you think that's kind of the knock-on effect from that? Is what then almost caused your career to end um, prematurely? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I honestly say it's my mentality more than anything. Um, I think you'd end up like I've had this conversation with a few people but I don't think I was strong enough mentally and that's me being yeah. totally honest like if if it was now you'd probably get a lot more help with that um, Yeah, I wasn't strong enough mentally to, to, to play at any high levels like you I listen to the interviews with the top top players when they're on Sky Sports or BT talking about why what makes them be the top and you can see it just the yeah. way they're talking and yeah. like it's, it fascinates me how strong in mind I used to Straight like Jason Kumas was like, people are just brush it off. If someone says yeah. you've obviously brush it off, I couldn't do that. Yeah. I'd take it so hyper personally, yeah. like take over me. Yeah. And you need that. So I wasn't mentally strong enough in any way. If I'd have got my head down and sort of not being embarrassed about the level I was playing at, I could have jumped on again. Yeah. And the shoes we think was a bad situation that should never have happened. However, I could have gone again. If yeah. I, it can be done, but you, yeah. you need to be strong mentally. And now I am. I'm big enough to say that I wasn't strong enough mentally. Um, could it have been helped? Probably, yeah. But 
it wasn't. So after you do them day jobs, you then say to yourself, because you, you obviously went to Leeds and did a bit of managing and yeah. scouting, but still prop really young at this stage, did you mm-hmm. tell yourself, if I'm not going to play, I need to be involved? Do you know what? I never I never really did. It was just something that happened late. Um, I was close to the chairman at the time. I'd played there for a couple of seasons. I'd gone on great with them all. I was very comfortable there. The manager left at the time and the chairman man me and said, you fancy? And I thought, I'll go on. I'll, give it, I'll help you out. So yeah. I'll, I'll give it a go. And then I started thinking about who can be my assistant. And I chatted to my dad about it. And then Kenny Irons, for whatever reason, come up because he's horrible. Um, and I mean that in the best way yeah, possible yeah. he's actually thought I can be good cop you can be bad cop yeah, yeah. possibly work so we went with it and it was great we, we both really enjoyed it and I got really close to Kenny and like Kenny's so misunderstood it's like it's unreal he's got the yeah. biggest heart ever but yeah. I think he, he gives across this big whatever but me and him became really good mates and it was it was brilliant to get into it but it was totally different because in the end the chairman started, didn't have enough money to pay wages, so yeah. you know, Kenny would have to draw a money out of our own money to make money up, and it just ended up being a nightmare because the chairman pulled out. Yeah. For a few months, I was having to get people on the streets and do false registrations just to put a team out sometimes. Oh, so yeah. if someone I knew that you made there, just come on. Yeah. That's, how, yeah. that's how tough it was, and I think we played Chester, they were on the, the up and coming. Um, they just reformed, it was going to be a massive gate. And the, the, the secretary and the chairman who was involved then was like, this will pay off all the debts, it pays all back money. Um, and that money never came, came. And in the end, it was just like, nah, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. So I resigned from that. And then Chester, um, I knew Youngie, the manager, was like, do you want to come and do that? Scout and make it sound. So I thought, yeah, that'll do. So Chester was amazing because they had me very invo- involved. Jonesy and Youngie had me involved. So I felt like I was part of their team. Yeah. Um, if, I, if I'd seen teams or if I'd seen players I'd be on the bench with them during games and they'd always ask me advice and stuff like that and it was brilliant I felt like being part of the team Trammy come in and it was a case of what they would do Youngie had left Chester by then um, Steve Bear was manager didn't have as close a relationship with him so yeah. I thought I'm looking to move on Trammy had called I'm going but that materialised out the blue really um, Bob Edwards come in and I knew someone at work at the club I, I was just messing say get me a conversation with him I want a conversation with him yeah. I got a phone call he said he, he wants to see you so I thought oh, happy day so I went in um, had an hours meeting with him and um, we hit it off for whatever reason we hit it off and he said I need someone local that knows the place knows whatever he said I want you to come in so I was like happy days I thought I'm back I'm so excited it was like it was amazing once once we started getting to the nitty gritty you could see what was wrong in the club yeah. it was just a horrible well, atmosphere it, wasn't it, it was horrible there was people within the, the management staff who were they'd had wages cut and things like that and they were very bitter yeah. I think Rob would come in full of enthusiasm yeah. and they were sort of very bitter and it was like it was all split yeah. and behind the scenes it was horrible it was just not nice um, in a nice environment would he have made a good coach I think he tried to change it too quick so we tried yeah. to make them play pure total football yeah, yeah. And for about the games were so close, they yeah. were so close to mm. being able to carry on the job, but they lost some last minute games or it was nil yeah. or something like that. And it was such a thin line between success and failure. And it was gonna come because the fans were very poisonous at the time now, yeah. because everyone was like fuming and upset yeah. about how everything was going and yeah. and then Mickey had uh, Mark Palace took over 
Um, and his first meeting, you could sense that Rob wasn't his man. Yeah. He was like, you, you knew it. Yeah. And we'd gone into like the staff room after, and he was like, this isn't gonna last long unless we win every game. It's not. Yeah. It's not gonna last long. Which is fine. That's Mark's the chairman. He can do what he wants, sort yeah. of thing. Rob got the sack, um, and then Mickey come in and. I had one meeting with him and I can't say a great deal and it was just not going to the partnership was not going to work whatsoever Um, that didn't end well I just didn't like how he spoke um, in terms of being respectful of people and things like people lost their jobs things like that you've got to be respectful of them and it it wasn't and how he spoke to me like I've never had anyone talking to me like that that didn't go well it was never going to work so the decision was made. I had a meeting with Mark Palios and uh, Mick Horn, and they were absolutely brilliant with me, like brilliant, like really nice. I've not got a bad word to say about them and how they dealt with the situation. And doing that full time, I don't think is good for me for my mentality. Yeah. Um, and it was a it was a wake up call more than anything in a lot of ways. Like doing that full time, it's not it's not for me. And um, there's a lot of pressure involved, like constant pressure. And even now, um, I know there's, there's issues with fire at the moment. One father playing, I'm up a height. Um, if we win, great. If we're not winning, yeah. it's like that's me. It has a has an effect on my life. Yeah. And that's only my part time job at the moment. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. it's like that's like linking into that, and it's like making me down. But if yeah. we're doing well, it's great. Yeah. It's so up and down. I, I, I don't need that in my life. If that makes sense. Yeah. I, I need like a sort of. And even playing the field yeah. constantly, rather than the up and down. Is it difficult for you because you obviously love football? <laughs> yeah, that comes across. But it's like self-preservation, in so much as I, I love this thing, but I need to manage how I'm. Of course, and that's why it's hard now because when like Charles left, um, filed now. So I'm not gonna say any hearts on him, but I was working someone who respected. Yeah. Who respected me? We worked well together. Um, if I'd done something wrong, he was quick enough to tell me. Like yeah. it, you would on a football pitch. Yeah. If I'd done something right, he'd be quick enough to tell me. So yeah. I felt I knew where I was at with him. Speak to me four, five, six times a week. Where we up to? What do you think I should do? Blah blah blah. And I knew he was taking my reports and he was using them. Yeah. Do you know which which means that I never got to go to many foul games. And I think I went to the one last season, the two ones at Wembley. And he had my like opposition report in the dressing room on there for people to read and things like that. And I thought he's actually like, yeah, he's, yeah. You know what I mean? Which is good. And yeah. that's that's all you need. It was great. And when he got sacked, it just became a job. I was doing a job then. It, my heart wasn't in it. Yeah, yeah. And although I was still doing a good job, it's 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 that. But as you say, as much as I want it, I don't want to be invested enough where it's having an impact on my emotional like well-being and things like that and it does it's like it's so up and down sometimes it's great and people forget the impact of like traveling and those things as well like. well it's like I've, I've traveled down to i've traveled i've done a full day's work traveled down to london watched the game traveled back and had to get up the following morning to do a full day's work and then do a four-hour report and yeah it's, it's it, it takes a lot and it's i'm not going to say you don't devalue the times but sometimes you are yeah, it's yeah. like it's sort of a given he'll do that it's not like what's he giving up to yeah. do that and yeah. yeah you pay the way to do it which is great and or expensive whatever it may be but it's very undervalued and yeah. there's not much thanks to you the only thanks I've ever filed is chat that's yeah. it I've never had anything whatsoever yeah. and that's either that's hard to deal with because I think when you put I think it should be nice to people you should be dealt yeah. on a yeah. human level so I think that's either that's hard um, it's a harsh industry like. and on the family as well like if of course well, yeah yeah well, it's like it spends a lot of time like yeah. my Saturday is like I'm, I'm divorced now so I 
my little boy Carter, I have met the other weekend, but that Saturday's taken up with me being a football, yeah. so he's not old enough to come to games with me. Yeah. So it's it's like I'm losing time with him because I'm doing this. Yeah, you've yeah. got to pay the bills, you know. But time time is money, isn't it? That's yeah. what people say, and you lose out on that side of it, so yeah. you, you give up a lot. It's hard. It is hard. Yeah. yeah. You seem to comment on the privilege of being in football, but don't realise this block goes on behind. It's the a lot harder than people think, and it's yeah. even as a player, like it's the best thing in the world. But it's very emotionally, it's very up and down. One minute you're on a high, the next minute you're on a low. There's a lot more lows than there are highs. Yeah. Um, and it's a constant roller coaster. Every year, two years, you're under the the magnifying glass to see whether you're going to be employed again. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the, the normal way of world's like changing to go about that the same way. But it's your livelihood and people forget that. Having been through this, the experience that you've gone through, did you do work looking at sort of mental capacity of players when you were making yeah, yeah, people? Yeah, due diligence is what I always and if if it was gonna be a a biggish sign where it's a bit of a risk, you try and do some background checks on them, um, speak to people who knew them, speak to um, coaches who work with them and try and get an overall overriding about where that meant me more than anything. Do they like a kick up the arse? What type of person are they? What, what do they do outside football? Yeah. You, you try to as much as possible, and I'm sure as you go up higher in the levels, that happens more and more. Because yeah. you've got it, a player's got to fit the club, it's got to fit everything. If it doesn't fit, it's not going to work. Um, certain players might clash in our dressing room, so you've got to fit yeah. it out. No, he's too sparky for our dressing room, it's not yeah. going to work. Um, so that's of it, and I think as you go through the levels more and more, it's, it, it's vastly important. And I think that's why managers meeting face to face with players before you sign them because I've read some some autobiographies that man, like managers like bit high profile managers will meet them yeah. and actually have to spend a lot of time with them to find it's out but what I'm like like and hearing now is some of the major managers like I want to find out about them as a person I want to know yeah. what they're like away from football yeah. I think that side of things is like is vastly improved like. do you get a call now and then about players then um, yeah I've had, I've had lots of calls and yeah. to be honest the ones like the ones you sort of know, I've never had, there's, there's not many that you stand out, but someone might be a bit quiet and things yeah. like that. And if I know whoever's bringing me, it's like they want someone a bit vocal on that. Yeah. It's like, I don't think it'll suit you. Yeah. I don't think it'll suit you, so, yeah. You've spoken in the past about, yeah, the clear having some financial troubles. Yes. Yeah. How did they come about? Just by me wanting to carry on living the lifestyle, so I, I felt, I think it was probably about three years after I stopped playing professionally that I started, everything started hitting a brick wall, but for those three years, I was spending money I didn't have, I was living off credit cards, because I wanted people to still see me as a footballer. Yeah. I was embarrassed, like, I was embarrassed about, like, not being a footballer, I was embarrassed about having to go to work, so I'd often work in places where someone, people wouldn't know me or yeah, have yeah. a clue. I was working behind a bar in Liverpool, and trying to be famous like come up to me and was like to sign autographs for me and I was like pouring on my pint and it was the most embarrassing moment and, yeah, like, yeah. and they weren't thinking it was embarrassing they were probably made up yeah. but to me it was like I can't do this like I literally can't do it and I got myself in loads of debt luckily enough I was, I, I was able to keep um, a property I had and things like that so I've got stuff in the background but I literally lost everything like I got like 30, 40 grams worth of debt just off living off the credit card and that was because I wanted people still to see me as a footballer and things like that so. and I suppose you'd still some, you'd still have friends who were in the game of course so yeah. if I went out with them like drinking because I remember I come back the season I left Rush and I come back and we played Hartlepool in the playoffs Yeah. Um, and then the, the day after we got beat I met up with Sharpsy and um, Danny Harrison all over in Liverpool I, sh- I probably <laughs> shouldn't have been going to bars often as I should because yeah. I knew him skimp but I 
with them. I've got to. I've got to yeah. live up to that. I've got to. Got to keep, keep, keep. Yeah, and they wouldn't have cared less. They'd have been like, I'll look after you or whatever. But yeah, my mentality was like, don't let anyone know your skin. Don't let anyone know. And then I go home and I see my bank account the next morning and be safe and think, yeah. I'm going to get out of this sort of thing. Do you think so. that's a, think that's a, like a men's thing, like a male thing, like a pride? Yeah, I do in general. Yeah. Like, just in general, like even now, like I'm, I'm the face safe. I'm skint. I'm not bothered about being skint. It's yeah. like, I'm honest about skin, but people don't like to say it because they feel embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's sad. You it seems next to be time, a problem in a game now where these young lads they haven't kicked the ball in one thousands a week. If this this is a massive. Manager. I've talked about this loads. Like it's. I think I made my debut trying I was on one hundred and twenty quid a week, and I couldn't have cared less if I was on five pound a week. What I yeah. wouldn't have cared. Yeah. I just wanted to play that, and that's what it should be about. Shouldn't be about the money. I remember Les Paddy as well when he was physio and we were talking about contracts and he was saying what they should do to young lads is like give them a low small wage but massive appearance money. So for yeah. when they're in the first team, yeah. that's the impetus. You're not yeah. the same money as everyone else now. Yeah. Um, and that's a good impetus because when yeah. you're in the first team you are earning what you should be earning. So it's I, I I do think they earn too too much money too quick now. Okay. If you go to look at American sports, for example, they all go through a college system. Yes, so if you lose out on your sort of your playing career, you've done a business major, you've done something else where you've got young lads now where very few make it, but they just disregard everything else. Of course you do. And they don't think about and I understand it because everyone says you've got to be so single minded, you've got to say, I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna yeah. make it. and yeah. you understand that, but you've got to back yourself up. But that's where Clubs should have responsibility. Clubs should have an should be coming in saying this, this, this is the reality of it, and there's no point beating about the bush. Like, because I work for a careers company now, yeah. So I go into schools, but I do more so with the group work and confidence and all this sort of stuff. But it's based around um, careers, but you don't have careers in life. Like, I, I didn't have a clue. Yeah. After, I, yeah. I was lucky that both my parents worked in education, so they were both teachers. So I had a sort of idea what I'm, I might go into later on, and yeah. now I work in that industry. But some people haven't got a clue. Yeah, they've yeah. got no idea whatsoever about what skills can be transferable, what they can do here and there. Yeah, and it's massive. It's huge. It's like I, I was lucky. I got a BTech in sports science during my time at Tramia because you have to do one day's college. I don't even remember doing college to be honest. But I got a BTech, <laughs> but I was able to go to uni later on and do a degree in sports psychology because okay. I got that. But yeah. it should be made more of, and yeah. I think. I've tried to contact the PFA and there's a company actually out there who are going are trying to go around football clubs and in the, in the academies and things like that and talk about careers because they should be and I think it's that side of the education about when you come out and finish because yeah. even when you finish if you're 35 and you've not played high-end championship you're going to have to get a job yeah. unless you've been really really lucky or clever with your money and whatever you will have to get a job and they need, you need help yeah. because going from playing football to doing a job is horrific, it's hard. So presumably then when you were in that in that rut of, of getting into finance trouble trying to keep up all yeah. those, there wasn't anyone to turn yeah, to, no, no. to help you. I was too I didn't really understand what the PFA did. I didn't understand any of that. So I, I didn't know you could bring people and ask for help or things like that. And I wasn't willing I just thought I, I don't know how I'll get through it but I'll get through it. That was my attitude. And maybe because I came out earlier, I've tried to speak to some of my friends who are just coming out of the yeah. game, come out of the game last five years and be like, get yourself so start thinking about your next step, yeah. you know. Um, whether you do or not, it's a different thing altogether. So is there any advice you would give to a young footballer in a similar situation? I know it's tricky off. I think off just being here, I think <laughs> it's hard because I've not been like within a, 
in a club now, so you don't know what the mentality is like in yeah. the club at the time. When I was young, you couldn't you couldn't speak about feeling rubbish or having a bad day or anything yeah. like that. You'd have been laughed out of yeah. whatever. You're not strong enough mentally to get out sort of thing. Um, but now it's about giving them the education to do it. So I think the PFA, the FA should be going into academies constantly talking about it. The managers it needs to start with them because it's got yeah. to breathe down. I think you look at some of the top managers now, like Klopp, like Pochettino, but he's not involved now. They're all using the, the humanity side of things before. Yeah. They get to know the players outside of it. They get to know what they like, what they don't like, what their families are like and things like that. Mm. And then they worry about the football second. Yeah. Firstly, is making them feel. And I think it's breathing down from the managers. And I think that's why like Klopp at the moment. Everyone seems to love him. Even yeah. the players that aren't playing, they've yeah, all got respect yeah. for him. And I think that's... Because they could probably go and knock on his door and say I'm feeling the at the moment, and yeah. it wouldn't make him feel like. Seems to deal with him on a level, does he? Doesn't yeah. put himself. Away and that's the difference. Yeah. He should be able to go in. Like I, I, was, I was thinking before, like I had, and I, I fell out with those of his air game, and Haley was there, Richard Hill, and me, Al Navarro, Paul Limbaugh, Danny Harrison, we were all playing in it, and we were all pissed off because we were playing in it. Haley's come down and he's tried to have a go at me, and he's had a go with someone else and someone else. And then he's come back at me and tried to have a go at me. So I've, my head's gone. I'm like, who the fuck are you talking to? You've got no idea how much love I've got for Strammies. Mm-hmm. Don't ever accuse me of not working hard enough or anything like that. If I'm playing shit, fine. But don't yeah. ever accuse me of not working hard enough, whether it's like a reserve team game, a UC game, whatever. So you've got no fucking idea. And then everyone else stood up and started having to go back. And I think Hilly was a bit like, what the fuck's going on? And Hilly was like, he was a fighter, Hilly. So like, yeah. Whatever. So the next day, he grabbed me and him and Brian Little got me in the in the boom. And Haley was like, "Listen, I'm so sorry. I didn't need me to yeah, accuse yeah. you." And if that's the case, Brian Little was like, "I need you. I need you, bubbly. I can't have you down yeah, because yeah. you helped the place so much and whatever." And that was my whole attitude. I wanted to be happy and bring a positive attitude. But you mask things just in general. You mask things like I'm the biggest masking in the world. Yeah. And my missus now she knows straight away if I'm not feeling great because I won't look at people in the eyes. She knows my yeah. body language. I'm not feeling great, but I'll come in here all bubbly and I feel not. I feel a bit yeah. to be fair. But I can, I can mask how I'm feeling, like I do that very well. But that's not always a good thing either. So you probably realised when you lashed out that he doesn't do that. No. So I'll pull him. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. But if you were shouting. Yeah. And to be fair, he knew me as that yeah. person, so he knew something must have been wrong. Like, yeah. So fair play to him. Uh, but it's just in general, like, don't ma- you don't need to mask things. Yeah. Like, if you're feeling rubbish. I'm feeling bubbish, okay, you're allowed to feel bubbish, it's not like you're not allowed to, and I think in the past people always thought it was frowned upon, or you weren't allowed to be having a bad day, but it should be, I'm having a bad day, and I'm going to own it, yeah. it's my, my bad day, so. Yeah. So later on in life then, so after your career, mm-hmm. now, you, I, I, from what I'm gathering from you, like, it sounds yeah. like you've, you have kind of almost come to terms with, you know, I've got this issue or that issue, have you spoken to anyone professionally or medically? Or yeah, I did. Um, I met with someone of the PFA range, someone I was meeting up with for a long time um, over in Liverpool, and it was great. It's just about learning how to manage yourself. That's more than anything, open your eyes up to it. And I think you'd be better to back to a lot of stuff that happened in the past, and it's being aware of all these things can have an impact, and if I'm feeling rubbish, I know how to sort of manage myself better now. Some days I have an awful day. The last few weeks have been really hard for me. Um, with the football side of things um, and how that's made me feel then all this coronavirus stuff for whatever reason it's making me a bit anxious yeah, I don't yeah. know what's going to happen I've got no I need structure in my life so I'm working from home at the moment and it's like 
I can't deal with it. It's like, yeah. I'm anxious about taking the dog out 18 times a day. <laughs> the dog's made up, yeah. but just to try and get me, me to smash it. I'm trying to manage it, yeah. manage it as well as I can. Um, and sometimes it's very hard, but I've learned how to manage it. That's that's yeah. what I've done more than anything. Um, sometimes it doesn't work. But I'm the first to say I'm struggling here. Like, yeah. I, I need like a... And that's important, isn't it? Yeah. It's feeling just, comfortable enough for people yeah. to, to say it. And I don't think there's enough people. So... I can say to my missus now, like, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling low change, she'll say, yeah. tell me why, what can we do to change and whatever. And just being able to actually say that, like, is everything. Yeah. That's fine. I'm not being made to feel rubbish or snap out of it, you're being a dickhead or whatever yeah. it is. It's, it's very simple steps, isn't it? It's tiny. But everyone will go, and that's what I say, I go into schools now and I talk about mental health and everyone will have an impact on every single person, mm. whether it's someone close to you or you personally, it will. Yeah. And how you deal with it can make a massive difference in, in whatever way. And it, Kevin Ellison, he is the craziest, maddest yeah. centre of attention you'll ever meet. Okay, we used to, I used to, probably about four years ago, we stopped, but we go to Maggot every year. Um, me, Kev, Jane McGuire, Danny Allison, Paul Linwood, Al Navarro, we'd all still go together. So we started when we were trying, we all yeah. used to go every year. Um, but, he was the centre of like every laugh, everything, bang, bang, bang. And when he come out and was talking about mental health and he's had issues and things like that, everyone was like, what is going on? How can he be that? Yeah, he's, yeah. he's like, he's the big pantomime villain, yeah. like constantly. Yeah. And, but he loves that, he loves that. But that's his, that's his stage there. But when he's yeah. away from that stage, I think that's when he struggled. And that was a big wake up call for me because he, he was one of my good mates. I didn't have a clue. Yeah. And to me, it felt like I let him down. I've let people down because I'm not being there. Yeah. But then that's my mental health because automatically you think it's about me. Yeah. I've not seen that. Yeah. So that's about my yeah. mental health. So it's it's just recognising that, that every every single person could be going through something. Don't think you mind me saying that, Dan, that one of the reasons this podcast grew was because you had a few troubles yourself. Mm-hmm. Danny's probably the loudest in our group. Yes. And uh, whether it's in the footy change room, whether it's on a night out, whether it's even just sitting in the hot bus and trying me, you're always like the one the loudest. <laughs> and then when you came out, you probably a bit surprised that the reaction was so like mm-hmm. good, wasn't it? But well, sometimes that's, that's the a first thing. step not, is yeah. just yeah. telling yeah. your mates, your mates, aren't they? Most of them will do anything for you. Of course they will. And they'll banter you to death. Yeah. But they'll know when it's when Which it's real. Like, oh yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I put something on social media on New Year's Day this year about sort of going to council mm-hmm. and being yeah. and that sort of thing and I felt a bit of responsibility to do it because yeah. I know that people will see me as a certain type of person and to be able to go do you know what I've struggled and if I find it hard so yeah. it might help that's why it's a good thing because one like you might be connected to 10 people and then 10 people might be connected yeah. to 10 exactly. people and that's yeah. how it grows and that's how it gets better it's like the coronavirus it's, a, yeah. it's growing with yeah. whatever but mental health's growing but a good thing that people yeah. are talking about it, and that's the way it should be done people should be listening and one of my best mates um, he's had issues yeah. but I never realised he'd had issues and then he yeah. said he listened to something I'd done and was like it helped him loads and whatever and I'm like well yeah but if you ever need to talk just say yeah. and I have messages from your fans like direct messages on Twitter and things like that if you do need someone to talk to just get to the show yeah. But I've I've been like thinking about like ways because I looked at your questions before and I thought ways and I, I thought like is a club could there be like a group like a mental health group do you know what I mean where um, I make it into a group thing where you could have meet up once every few months where you have people talking guest speakers and things like that yeah. do you know it's a club thing like trying to do yeah. mental health whatever yeah. it is and that that to me that's like 
it could be a good way yeah. of doing it because yeah. I've had so many people through and you've seen it you said you mentioned something on Twitter it's very brave to put it on Twitter and things like that but I've direct messaged people if you need to chat too just give us a shout it's yeah. not a problem and then two days later so thanks so much for doing that but yeah. football's such a good vehicle for that type of thing of isn't it especially now and especially the, the, the closeness that the club's got to the fans it could be the start of like every club getting it do you yeah. know what I mean and yeah. it, 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 I don't think it takes too much to organise, but it could be you meet up every three months and people can tell their story. Not like Alex and like yeah, yeah, yeah. Us, but something like that. And yeah. people actually talking to do it and listening to people who've been through it. Like you could get ex players back and mm. you could just have question and answer. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But that could have a huge impact because yeah. right? people know they, they belong to something then. Yeah. And when you feel you belong to something, you feel a bit better because you're yeah. not on your own. Yeah. You can run, you can hide, you can run, you can hide, you can hide.